Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We're talking the Ravens, Bengals, and Bears on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. I will not be joined by Curtis tonight. We had plans on recording um, on this Thursday. You'll be listening to this on Friday. Unfortunately, he had something come up for work that prevented him from being able to record with me. But that is perfectly okay because this is an episode I can easily handle by myself, I would like to think. Before we get into the episode, I'm going to take this moment to tell you that July is here, as you know, and that is when things really start to heat up at Rotoviz. This is when we take all of the steps that you need to get ready for your 2021 drafts to get you ready so that you will be able to properly set up your team to be managed during the season. We have the fire articles coming out. We have the actionable takeaways. And of course, we have the tools that you need to be ready for the upcoming season, and then once the season starts, we will carry you from start to finish. So please go to Rotoviz, go and subscribe. Use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout and take advantage of that 10% off discount. With that out of the way, it is now time to talk about the Baltimore Ravens a team that Curtis and I have referenced a number of times on the show already this summer, probably talked about them a lot in the spring as well. We have had concerns about the players outside of the big names on the team. And I think that some of those concerns still hold. However, I do want to be clear that last year I had concerns about Lamar Jackson, But a lot of that was because he was coming off of such a stellar season where we saw him become the player that many hoped he could be, perhaps even better. He actually finished in 2019 as the QB number one in PPR per game, was a quarterback won 67% of the time. I had a variety of reasons that I was concerned about him heading into last season, But also a lot of it came down to just how often do you see a player do some of the incredible things that Lamar did for multiple seasons. Now, in 2020, 
It's not to say it was complete failure. He still finished as the QB 10 in PPR per game was a quarterback one in 67% of weeks. Uh, but maybe he did not approximate what some drafters thought. However, as we now head into 2021, where there's been a bit of a correction, I think, by drafters and by many of our listeners, I would imagine, or you know, maybe some, some subset of our listeners, I don't feel negatively about Lamar Jackson. Um, when I look at Baltimore, I think that you see a team that is going to be very competitive that rushing volume is going to be high, but a lot of that is by function of Lamar being a terrific rusher. So I think that you're still looking at a player that gets, you know, is more than sufficient with his legs. Obviously, you can expect to see multiple rushing touchdowns. I think that you probably still get somewhere in that five to seven sphere where he has been in his career. Um, you know, last year, the passing touchdown numbers were down, but he was still at 26. We probably see something similar. So I feel good about Lamar. J.K. Dobbins, I mentioned when I went through and I did my projections, I he came out better. But we have to have a little bit of a discussion about that. When you are looking at my projections, when you're looking at anybody's projections, and I may have gone through this. I talk about this every year. I don't know if I stressed it enough, though, on the episode last week. And I know that... On Stealing Bananas, the podcast that you should 100% start listening to featuring the terrific Ben Gretsch and Sean Siegel, two of the absolute best minds out there. They had a very in-depth episode looking at projections and how to use them. Go listen to that. I will summarize what I normally say on here every year. Do not get married to projections. There's so many things that can make them go wrong and there can be a domino effect. They're just a good way to give you a baseline expectation that you go off of when I am actually drafting, the projections are not at the forefront of my mind. Um, I am not looking and saying player X got 15 more points than player B in my projections. I need to go with player X or, you know, player X versus Y, whatever you want to go with that. Point being, I will, you will hear me reference them sometimes, but that's more just to get there to give you my kind of quick expectation of some of the volume. But back to Dobbins. The thing that we have been urging you to is not view him as an RB1 type of player. Maybe a fringe RB1 range is okay. Uh, but really, what we wanted to achieve in these episodes is to look at the rest of the offense. I really like um, Gus Edwards as the type of player that you get into that zero running back build. I think that in the overwhelming majority of outcomes, you see Gus Edwards remain involved in this offense. We've talked about that. Hopefully, we've sold you on Gus Edwards. He is a target of mine. When you look at the receivers, really, I'm not too jazzed up about any of them. Hollywood Brown, I think, is still a player that you need to go after. Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace, maybe they're players you get late. Mark Andrew Slayton as a tight end that you're naturally going to be taking somewhere in that tight end four, five, six type of range. Beyond that, and I'm pretty sure Curtis would agree with me, I don't think that there's too many players that you need to consider or that you need to look at in the confines of Baltimore's offense for so many reasons that we've talked about. Let's turn our attention towards the Cincinnati Bengals, though. This depth chart, obviously, you have Joe Burrow at quarterback, running back Joe Mixon, Samaje P. Ryan. It's interesting now. Giovanni Bernard, who has been a long mainstay of that offense, 
is gone, how will that impact things in the offense? I think that you see Joe Mixon with a very impressive rushing share, pretty solid target share, Samaj P. Ryan getting mixed in here and there. It is interesting because if something does happen to Mixon, you have P. Ryan, who actually did okay in spots last year, thrust into that role. But at the receivers, you know, there's only so much room that you can have when you have Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. I don't think that leaves much runway for a guy like Auden Tate. He's probably out of the rotation. There are other receivers, Mike Thomas, Trent Taylor. I don't think that anybody's going to be interested in drafting them. However, though, Drew Sample and CJ Uzoma at tight end, that becomes pretty interesting. Like, what do you do there? Are either of those guys going to be fantasy relevant? At this point in my preparation, I think it's very hard for me to tease out if either one of them is going to be able to draw sufficient targets. Now, last year, Uzoma, in his uh, first game of the season, four receptions on five targets, 45 yards, had a pretty decent week too. Four of six for 42 yards and a touchdown. I can remember actually being fairly excited when I picked him up off of the waiver wire. I would say if you have any residue of that two-game stretch, not to read into it too much, not that I think you're going to be taking either of these players earlier or anything like that. Uh, But I bring this up just to say I'm not sure that the tight end spot is going to be one that is a particularly relevant position. T. Higgins, I really like. Obviously, there's other players uh, there that I really like as well. I have always been a big Tyler Boyd fan, and I actually think that Jamar Chase has a very significant chance of finishing somewhere between wide receiver 18 to wide receiver 24. There is a possibility in play that Cincinnati is one of the teams that competes to get three players inside of the top 24. Can Joe Burrow, coming off of a solid rookie season, albeit one that was cut short, support that? Who knows? I still think that this is a team trending in the right direction, and I am very sincere when I tell you that I truly believe they're one of the teams in the running four. So you have teams like the Steelers, Tampa Bay, and Cincinnati that come to the top of my mind when I think of teams that could get three wide receivers into the top 24. Uh, So outside of that, doesn't leave a whole lot of room on the roster. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Finally, we will talk about the Chicago Bears. Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, at quarterback, that's going to have a little bit of a ripple effect as to what we can expect when we project this team or when we think about how players could fare. At running back, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, Damian Williams. How do you play this? I really wish that Curtis and I could bounce this back and forth right now because I think that you could make the case for the players in this backfield a number of ways. I think that you could spin it that they all get some level involvement that it's going to be Montgomery and Cohen. Uh, 
maybe you could try to say that Williams gets some work or maybe all three of them just do nothing. The way that I am personally going to approach this is I am going to be pretty hands off except for teams where I am going zero running back and David Montgomery or Tariq Cohen fall significantly. So if I could get Montgomery as my RB1 in like round nine, and who knows where things will be in the summer, I would definitely be okay with that. Cohen, maybe even later this year, um, you know, missing so much of last season certainly doesn't help. You bring Damian Williams into the rotation. This is still a team. It's hard to know exactly what its identity is going to look like if you have Dalton back there or if you have Fields. The one player that I think will be consistent no matter what is Allen Robinson, who has shown us time and time again, he does not need a specific quarterback in there to smash. So the other players likely to be involved, I think you have Cole Komet heavily involved at tight end. Um, Not a tight end one, but definitely the player that will receive the majority of targets out of the tight end position in comparison to Jimmy Graham. At wide receiver, I think the options of Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller... Either of those players could become involved. It's likely to be Darnell Mooney. Behind them, Demir Bird, Marquise Goodwin, Javon Wims, Riley Ridley. Uh, I do not think that any of those guys have a significant possibility of challenging any of the three wide receivers I mentioned prior as players that get significant work on the depth chart. The Darnell Mooney versus Anthony Miller piece is a very interesting question. I think the conventional wisdom right now would be that you expect to see Darnell Mooney be the one of those two options that performs better. Uh, I would say that I don't really love either of those options this year. When it comes to the Bears, the piece of the offense that I really want is Allen Robinson. I view Allen Robinson as a wide receiver one feel very good about saying that. So on my teams, he's a player I'll be going after. Uh, Beyond him, I'm not sure that there's too much there. So we kind of glossed over those quickly. To be honest with you, as I started kind of having this conversation with myself, I realized there's a couple of players in here that I want to talk more with Curtis about. So I'm going to file in my mind that we want to have a discussion about the three running backs on the Bears. And I also want to talk to Curtis a little bit more about the Bengals depth chart and if he is in agreement that the wide receivers could prosper as much as I think they could and then also get his take on if there's any possibility of a tight end being more usable than I'm expecting. So seeing as I have some time, if you are not familiar with the range of outcomes tool, I want to talk a little bit more about that because this is one thing that I get a lot of questions about. It's one tool I get a lot of questions about. It's one of my favorites. Um, I know that Sean Siegel really loves it. Um, It's something that uh, we've had on the site for a while. I've made some improvements to it lately, but I think a lot of people are a little bit intimidated by the output, and they're not exactly sure how to contextualize it or use it. So the long and the short of it is the range of outcomes tool is built by instructing the tool to go out and look at a player's two most recent seasons and the statistical output that they had in there. I've done the math to see 
which items are going to be the best to use for creating matches for a player. There's a little bit of a circularity in this and explaining it, but let, let me start that over. So basically to get an idea of how a player might do in the upcoming season, I have the tool look at that player's two most recent seasons or if it's a rookie, just the rookie season, find their statistical output, find historical players from the last 10, 12, maybe 15 seasons. I forget the number I, I ended up on. I know I have it documented somewhere. Find players that produce similar output at similar points in their career in those seasons and then use that to generate a list of matching players. So when you go into the tool and you click on, let's start off with um, maybe, let me pick a fun one here. Like let's start with Terry McLaurin, right? If you pull up Terry McLaurin, you're going to see a 2021 per game range of outcomes. And that is going to be uh, 7.8 targets, 4.7 wrecks, 63 yards, 0.4 touchdowns, 13.4 PPR. That is representative of the average of the matches that the tool spit out when it went back and it looked at prior seasons and it looked, for example, at Terry McLaurin's stat line from 2020, which was 8.8 .8 targets, uh, 5.8 wrecks, 74.6 yards per game, 0.2 touchdowns. It was his second year in the league et cetera, et cetera, players that were matches for that would be, um, let me see, right here, you have Mike Evans' second year in the league, Jarvis Landry's third, Jarvis Landry's second, Sterling Shepard's second, DJ Moore's second, Amari Cooper's second. It's building this list of these 50 players. That's going to be the 2020 matches. And then it's looking ahead to their performance in 2021, also called year N plus one. And it's going to look at what they did in those seasons. And it uses that to give you this idea of what the player season might look like in the coming year. And the big takeaway is you can click the distribution graph and it's going to show you this graph that counts the number of matches that scored, for example, 10 PPR per game, the number that scored uh, 14, 15, what have you. And by looking at that, you get a better idea of what a player's upside or downside might be. It really shows you their distribution of what you could realistically expect. So it gives you a better picture than looking at a player's floor or ceiling because you might understand that more often than not, similar type of players are finishing close to that player's ceiling than their floor or said differently. You might have the, the opposite scenario where if you look at hypothetical player a, and you think that his floor is somewhere on seven and a half points per game and his ceiling is 17, but you know, 65% of his matching players are finishing near the 7.5. You know, that, it's not as simple as just looking at that player's floor and their ceiling because it's much more likely that they realize their floor. Um, so that all comes together in a 2021 projections tab where you will see the average stat line generated for each player, um, their low, their medium, and their high average PPR points. And then there's HDS, which is historical distribution scores, 
which I have found a way to kind of encapsulate the distribution into a single number where the larger number, the larger the number, the better the distribution is. Um, you would probably want to go and check out one of the articles linked in the tool to have a better understanding of that. So super quick episode right here. Uh, I wish Curtis was here to tell me if everything I explained made sense. But if you were somebody that was wondering a little bit more about the tool, how to use it, interpret the output, I hope that that helped. So I appreciate you sticking with me. Curtis and I will be back next week. Uh, Curtis normally gives you a piece of encouraging advice or encouragement on a Friday. I'm just going to tell you to go out, do a couple of best ball drafts, have some fun, start to get in the mode of drafting, do a little bit of practice and start seeing how you like building your teams in 2021. The season is going to be here before we know it. And uh, I cannot wait personally. So we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at RotovizFFShow at gmail.com. Visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.